Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. Still going with that, folks. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke. Owen! Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. You are sticking with the whole podcast thing, then? I don't know, for a bit. Has anyone gone in touch? Do they like it? I don't think anyone really cares that much. It's a, it's difficult as well, because if we wanted to make a slogan out of it, put it on a t-shirt, mm-hmm. inflection's a hard thing to put on a t-shirt slogan. They are a little bit, Maybe yeah. it's an emoji. Uh, is there, like, an emoji for high-pitched... And I can no. put that in the pod, the O of podcast. But they are releasing one for small dicks. Have you seen this? No. Yeah, one of the, they're releasing like 120 odd new emojis or something. And one of them is like a hand that's doing like a tiny motion um, to signify a tiny dick. Oh, what? Why is that? Well, that's just made me feel immediately self-conscious that that's out there. <laughs> That, that your girlfriend is sending I'm, that to all of her girlfriends. I think she lobbied. All of her circus She friends. lobbied for that emoji to be installed. <laughs> she was the main person on the customer feedback. Any any new emojis you guys want? She filled out thousands yeah. to say, Lo- I want loads one specifically for small penises. Yeah. No, I'm strictly aubergine. Oh, yeah? I am the biggest of aubergines. <laughs> you know, when you send it's an emoji... for our American listeners. When you send an emoji, and sometimes it appears small, but on certain messaging services they they go big don't they yeah i'm that one. Oh yeah you're oh, always biggest, constantly big. biggest of the emojis <laughs> they're actually making a new emoji for my penis size. yeah extra big yeah, uh, yeah. eggplants it's uh aubergines. it's an it's it's four aubergines <laughs> <laughs> sort of tied like together duct taped together yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah 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 to make it look really real yeah um well speaking of unpopular opinions um, Shivam has got in touch to say uh, Hi Luke-san, Oli-san and Laurie-san I started watching wrestling Konnichiwa. in late 2006 when I was 6 years old I've heard many people say that the spinner belt was one of the worst looking titles of all time but in my opinion it was a very good looking belt not as good as the World Heavyweight Championship one but I still loved it and Cena looked awesome wearing it Thank you Yeah, so I found out something about chocolate recently Did you know? Yes um, in in uh, this country, in England, we have sort of Cadbury's milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. In Belgium, they have their own kind of chocolate. And, of course, in the States, you've got the, the Kraft 
kind of chocolate which actually has a little chemical byproduct in the manufacturing process, which is also found in vomit. So I don't know, when you have American chocolate or candy, uh, do, do you get a sense of, of a sort of aftertaste of vomit? Hershey's in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hershey's chocolates taste like feet. Yeah. It is gross. To us. Yeah. To us, it tastes like feet. Of course, the Americans love it. Now, they, they did a uh, they did this, this, this study in Europe, and they, they gave people chocolate. And people, all, all the Europeans could immediately go, oh, no, that one tastes horrible. The Americans, though, who tried it went, mmm, this tastes like my childhood. And apparently it's whatever you associate, like the, the comfort of chocolate as a child. If you have that kind of chocolate, that's what you will associate in the future. So it's not actually the quality of the chocolate. It's more the memories that are linked to your experience eating the chocolate. Mm -hmm. So, ergo, Vis some people think the spinner belt <laughs> is a good belt. Some people think that the prequel trilogy is better than the original exactly. trilogy. Exactly. Those people exist. Randy Datsun is one of them. Is he? Well, Randy Datsun does like the prequels. I think he's trolling us. He said he, he did. He did acknowledge that only for a uh, you know he he recognizes they're terrible movies, mm. but he has a, a comfort. A nostalgic love. Yeah, yeah. But there are those who don't even recognize or do, who will refuse to recognize that. In particular, Attack of the Clones is a pile of crap. It is a terrible, terrible film. Better than the Last Jedi, though. <laughs> Slam. <laughs> Um, this is an email that I've been trying to read out for a while, but it keeps getting sort of lost in the shuffle. So I'm dedicating the, the intro to this now to get it read. This comes in from it's Bryn. It's the fast lane of emails. <laughs> Hi, Luke, Laurie. Uh, hello, Ollie, Luke, Laurie, and definitely not Randy. I'm a longtime pod swafter from South Africa. South Africa. Insert pause for Ollie to try mildly offensive South African accents. There's nothing offensive about me trying an accent. South Africa. Charlito Copley. That was a bit... I, I felt that got better. I'm working it out. You're working it, yeah. Uh, and this podcast keeps me entertained, bracket, and mostly informed, close bracket, on my daily commute. All Diplomatic the, immunity. All the, quote, bants and inside jokes between you two, bracket, except Randy, literally has me laughing out loud in the car every day. Thanks for consistently being consistently slightly above average, except when Ollie edits the podcast. That's the next level. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's that special touch, <laughs> that, that special lack of effort. Hey, it's a hands-off approach. <laughs> it is Jan Apato directing comedy. Yeah. It's like, hey, just go for it. We'll see what sticks. Absolutely. Uh, so here's my get better story. I'm a big guy. I'm six foot four and weigh 150 kilograms. Brackets. That's 330 pounds. What's that in old money? What? Oh, you mean in stone? Yeah. So the same money, but just. In a different... It's 23 stone. Cool. Uh, back to the email. But six foot four is very tall anyway. Yeah, but not in the Keith Lee bask in my glory way, rather than the Yokozuna this may end my life early oh, kind God. of way. I used to be fairly active. I but... wish doctors gave that kind of yeah. wrestling assessment. Like, Absolutely. hey, you're carrying your, well, your weight well in a Keith Lee way. <laughs> but, no, yeah, yeah you don't want, Yokozuna. You don't want to end up Umaga. If they have a chart of where you are on different wrestler body types yeah. for your size, that'd be very helpful. Yokozuna. I'm a Finn Balor, by the way. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah ripped. Yokozuna, reportedly, at the end of his life, was upwards of 600 pounds. He was a big boy. He used to eat like 12 eggs for breakfast. I remember reading that when he died. It was at my, uh, my brother's In house. In a row? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, uh, he was. Um, yeah, I remember reading about him dying in the paper, uh, my brother's house. Anyway, uh, I used to be fairly active, but since settling down, my eating habits have gotten worse, and exercise is a thing that other people do. But not anymore! I have set myself the goal of doing a triathlon sometime in 2020. Weight goals are not the best for me, so I'd rather have a fitness goal. The weight will take care of itself. To reach this goal, I will uh, have to start exercising and obviously control my diet. So to kickstart my exercise program, I signed up to a year of DDPY. It's a toss-up between being a Patreon subscriber or this. I'm sorry. So this is my starting point, and I consider it an honor to have you and all the Podswafters out there as my accountability partners in this journey. I will send updates as things <coughs> progress. Um, um, my my accountability partner fee is a Patreon donation. <laughs> I'm afraid we could we could do if that's the sort of content you want. Me and Luke could do fitness fitness videos on well, Patreon. I do have all my DDPY stuff here. I just keep forgetting to bring in my gym gear to actually do it in the office. But he did send up a follow up email a couple of days later to say just to let you know I threw caution to the wind and decided to become a pledge hammer anyway. Ah, oh, um, brilliant. He said I don't want to say that I joined only for Wrestle League, but I did. Um, uh, it's a popular format. And lastly, and this is just for me apparently, the commentary desks are part of the ringside environments. Wrestlers are often tossed into them in regular matches without being DQ'd, likewise with the ring stairs. But the other tables are considered weapons and will result in a DQ if used. Therefore, in a TLC event, an event about, uh, about using everyday objects as weapons, the tables should be any table that is a weapon, i.e. not the commentator's booth. WWE is so consistent with their rules, I thought this would be obvious. Yeah, well, I know, I, I, I feel justified. I feel like that's put a pin in this conversation. <laughs> that's definitely wrapped things up. Well, I mean, some and me and Laurie are correct. But some people have also emailed in and say that you can end table matches in 2K19 by putting them through a commentator's table. Well, I mean, I'm, there's, there's a DLC joke here. Yeah. Desks, ladders, and chairs. Nice. Downloadable yeah, content. Go. I like I, uh, it. But I don't know what the joke is. <laughs> but I can point out the similarities between acronyms. Absolutely. Sorry, not acronyms. That guy's going to correct me again. Initialis initialisms. Mm. Mm. Uh, Diamond Dave has got in touch uh, to say, Hi, Luke. I was listening to your hairdresser story on the podcast. Diamond and as Dallas Dave, surely. And as a proud bald man, I just wanted to lend my support. I decided to shave my head in my mid-30s, and to be honest, I should have done it earlier. I asked friends, especially female friends at the time, if I should shave it, and they said that they liked my hair and I looked good. The truth is they were just being supportive, not truthful. <laughs> When I shaved my head, the reaction was universally positive, and the same people who, quote, liked my hair admitted they were thinking it, uh, thinking it was the time to shave it as well. Looking back, I think I would have benefited from a professional telling me this is the time to get the razor, but that's just me. But when you decide to give a, uh, to give a clean dome a go, me and the rest of the bald community are here for you. Hashtag bald pride. Is that another subsection of the SWAF nation? Mm. Led by Laurie. He's, he's the king... King Ball. But he looks so good with it, yeah, though. Yeah. And like my brother's friend, Kez, looks great. Like, he shaved his head when he was in his, like, early 20s because he was he, he just was losing his hair. So he was like, I'm, I'm off. And he looks great with it. Tom Carriage looks great with a bald head. I get frustrated with people who have a full head of hair and still look good oh, with yeah. a shaved head. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Oh, he, can, he can grow his hair long. He looks great. And he shaves it. He looks just as great. But he doesn't have to shave it. He doesn't. And very lastly, before we get into the main <coughs> show, this comes in from Jacob. The end of the clothing debate. 
because it titles <laughs> this email. I am a fashion design student going into my final semester before graduation, so I believe I am also qualified to chime into this debate. I want to address Luke's reluctancy to trying on clothes before purchasing. I understand that it should make sense, but pant sizes should be standard, but they aren't. Get over it. Love the consistency. Well, we've, we've, we've done a lot of groundwork here. Uh, so, so much groundwork. Commentary desks are not tables. You're wrong about everything. <laughs> That's I, what I'm getting from and the And I should bit. shave my head, yeah. and I'm just being an idiot for, for not doing it. Well, well, we'll unpack this this deep web of Luke's psyche in the outro. <laughs> but we're going to be kicking things off talking about Becky old bloody Lynch, because of course we are as we head into WrestleMania. Here's the show. Dick, dick, diggity, dick, diggity, dog. Where, if you haven't watched the Wrestle Ramble since last week's Raw, um, we've got we've got microphones now. How cool's that? It's Apologies a- for the peas and the plosives. We've got little protectors coming. It's yeah, it should be fine. As we've said many many times, it's a work in progress. You don't need to tell us in the comments. It's a new era. Yes, it is. And yes. we're 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 gonna stick to it being a new era. All these changes are gonna stay in place. Unlike. What's happening in the main event scene with Becky Lynch? So I was, uh, I, I, I've been really enjoying the Becky Lynch stuff. Yeah, I've been really yeah. enjoying it as well. And I really en- I enjoyed it uh, last week. I enjoyed all the stuff she did with Steph. I enjoyed all the stuff she did with Triple H. The Triple H stuff was awesome. Yeah. I mean, you were in particular, like, enthralled by this whole thing because it was just like, it was a really fascinating little story to tell of her character that she doesn't trust the the authority she does not trust these supposed authority figures that don't exist although they very much do exist and you know she's like i don't want to be seen by your doctors because you keep screwing me out of matches you keep taking me out of matches and then you've got triple h adding in that layer of just like maybe you don't you do want to be you want to be medically uncleared so you can get out the match you don't want to be embarrassed by ronda rousey and there was this really interesting direction they were taking that which was just dropped this week and it's, it feels, this week's Raw felt like it was a victim of, let's throw out the script in the afternoon and just rewrite it from scratch. Yeah, I feel like dropping that lovely, subtle storyline is a disservice to the word dropped. <laughs> this was thrown into a fire yeah. because the, the, it started off fine. I, and I thought that the opening segment and how they set up the running through line for the, this, this whole night of Raw was actually really, really inspired. Mm-hmm. So it opens with Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. I don't even mind that they're out there in 2019 cutting an in-ring promo to open the show. It's but like what? So then they bring out Becky Lynch, who awesomely is sticking with her new gimmick of interrupting Stephanie McMahon's introductions of her. Mm-hmm. And they why play, wait for an introduction, as Michael Cole would say? Yeah, and they play out the the next chapter in this storyline, which is Becky has gone to see her own doctors, which plays into, which are really nice. I'm glad they said that. They didn't just say you were cleared by WWE doctors over the weekend. They specifically said, because Becky, the storyline is, Becky doesn't trust the WWE doctors after what happened at Survivor Series, so she got cleared by her own doctors, and then the WWE ones corroborated. Still limping, though. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's this is two months away, WrestleMania. Yeah. It's time and, to heal. And Trips and Steph said... You know, you're medically cleared. The WrestleMania match is yours on one condition. One teeny, one tiny, tiny thing. thing. And that they played that Stephanie and Trips were incredible. Yeah. Here. 
And Stephanie and Triple H were very open and just saying, like, look, we're sorry about the things that we said. I'm sorry about, like, misjudging your character. You clearly are fine. We're sorry that we thought you were not fine. So they, they, you know, they were very apologetic about the whole thing. All they want Becky to do is to apologize herself and then she can have a WrestleMania match. It, it does make the, the authority, it makes Stephanie and Triple H feel like mum and dad. No, 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 no. All you no. got to do is say sorry, and you can have your toy backs. I know what you're talking about. Toy backs, about. your toys back. I know what you mean there, but I really think this was an, a really great heel move. When Triple H said, we're sorry, and he apologized first, I was like, okay, they're going this route. Where are they going with this? And then when he said, the only thing that we need to hear from you to lift the suspension and give you the mania main event back is that you have to say sorry back to. And I'm like... They're not really sorry. They're only saying sorry as a power play. So Becky apologizes to them. But it doesn't, that doesn't, I like the way you're thinking. Only that doesn't really make sense. Granted, my version doesn't make sense either. Because by the end of this show, they're baby faces. Well. And I think they're supposed to be the baby faces in this scenario, whereas Vince is the heel. Because by the end of this show, they were saying, we genuinely want this match to happen. And when Becky says sorry, they were like, yeah, okay, so you've got, you've got your match now. That's all. That's that's all we wanted to hear. You've got your match, and they walk. And Beck's like, "What well, was that?" It and Triple goes, "Yeah, no, that's it. You've got your match. The match is on. That's that's all we wanted to hear. The match is on." You so see, I think they they were no, no. Sorry. So, okay, so it's bits like that. It's the the angle last week where Stephanie McMahon just so happened to kick Becky's injured knee in that little brawl. The stuff Triple H said to her. Do you think Triple H Triple H's character's ego? is so secure that he's going to let Becky do all the things that she did last week and just, oh, you've said sorry, it's all fine. I, in my head, and what I took from this show is that, the, that Stephanie and Triple H are in cahoots with Vince McMahon. The way that, the, the, so we'll, let's, let's say what the whole thing was just in case people don't watch Raw. Some, a lot of people do. We watch Raw so you don't have to. Mm -hmm. So Becky Lynch, uh, it sets her on this whole night long path of agonizing backstage whether she should apologize to Triple H and Becky uh, and Stephanie McMahon and Finn said I don't know what Finn said really he Finn, just mainly it, don't said let you, don't let your pride get, a, get in front of you I've seen a lot of men's mm. careers fall down due to their pride don't let pride ruin the man's career you see, I only heard Finn talk about his intercontinental title match. It was weird. Like, <laughs> so, so like, so casually as well, yeah. just like you would in a normal conversation. It was like Becky was the interviewer. <laughs> Becky was the new Dasher. Oh. So he comes over and he, he says, "You know, this is this is Becky's real life trainer, the person who trained him, trained her to wrestle." And he just goes, "Yeah, yeah." So you've got a dilemma, but I'm gonna beat Bobby Lashley for the intercontinental title and Leo Rush. Like, where are you going with this, man? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of interviewers, Mean Charlie was on form on this show. She mm. was tremendous in the two segments that she had. Mm. And and then we got Alexa Bliss sort of trying to say to Becky, hey, you shouldn't apologize. And Becky goes, I know what you're doing. You're trying to steal my Mania main event. Anyway, so she's been wrestling over it all night. She comes out in the main event segment. And yeah, she just, she's, she apologizes, which I think's a mistake. And then Triple H and Stephanie are like, cool. That's all we needed to hear. And they played it up like a flat ending. Becky even said, oh, that's it. There's there's nothing else I have to do. Yep, that's it. It's all fine. That, to me, is, is because they know that Vince is coming out. I think Vince, Triple H, Stephanie are all in cahoots. That is a, a very big possibility. 
I really, I mean, I think it's the only part of them, McMahon. Or them, they're the baby faces now, and Vince is a heel because the reaction that Triple H and Steph, perhaps they are just selling the whole thing of being like that. They're going to be playing this long game that they're on Becky's side, and they really want. I honestly do think that they could have just dropped everything that they did last week. All the story, all the reports are that they keep rewriting this show on the day. Last week's show was rewritten in the afternoon. This week's show was rewritten in the afternoon. There is every chance they just dropped all that stuff from last week and just decided, actually, no, Steph and Triple H are on Becky's side now, and Vince can be the heel figure instead. And Vince has got now his new toy, which is Charlotte Flair. So he's the one that suspended Becky Lynch. Or as you say, they're all just getting cahoots with each other. The, the big problem with all of this, and what I'm starting to get a little bit wound up about, is that they don't have to be involved in this storyline. Becky versus Ronda was fine on its own. No one was looking at Becky and Ronda being like, do you know what this needs? McMahon's. This needs McMahon interference. You know, one month removed from heel authority figures are gone, they're done with, we're not doing the authority figure stuff anymore. Nothing's changed. We've still got authority figures, they're just the McMahons now. And it's the McMahons, the important ones anyway, Shane's not involved in any of this. And it's just the important McMahons inserting themselves into storylines where they're not needed. Yeah, so, I mean, we didn't even say what happened at the end. But after Becky's reinstated... That Triple H and Stephanie just Ronda walk comes out. out. Yeah, oh, Ronda comes out as well, ready for the stare down. Becky's fired up. Then Vince McMahon comes out and says, um, uh, you, and this is literally how the promo came off to me. Um, uh, I, I don't like you. Uh, I don't like your attitude. So I'm going to suspend you. I'm going to suspend you for 60 days because that will put you out of WrestleMania and you're going to be replaced by this person. And Charlotte Flair walks in. Yes. Now, what I will say is I think there is an element of this, despite the grievances I have with everything else, there is an element of this that I think is genius. And this is the element that I think is genius. One of the issues that WWE has got going into this Becky versus Ronda match is that everyone loves Becky, and the people who really like Becky, which is, which is everyone, say 95% of the audience, they don't like Ronda because Ronda is not Becky Lynch. So they're just going to boo Ronda even though she's the babyface and WWE love her and they want her to be the, the babyface, the top star in the company. People are booing her, but they're cheering Becky Lynch. So they've managed to find a way because Ronda, when she was in the ring, she wants the match with Becky as well. Ronda's on our side. Like the fans, she also wants this match with Becky Lynch. She just wants it to be on one-on-one -on -one match. But oh no, that dastardly Vince McMahon has taken that away from us and put Charlotte in there. So now Charlotte is the heel. And well, I mean... Well, I mean, Charlotte's obviously the baby face here. <laughs> I mean, it's the story be, they're telling. It's the baby face. She's been baby face since day dot, apparently. Uh, so now Charlotte is the heel. So all of the heat, all of the hatred that people have for this match being taken away from them can be put onto Charlotte and not Ronda, who wants the match with Becky. So in, in isolation, I think there is some <clears throat> semblance of genius here. And it... So, and it works. Someone sent me an image this morning of the YouTube video of Charlotte being put into this match. And the ratio of thumbs up to thumbs down is astronomical. It's like, you know, a few thumbs up, all of it's thumbs down. And he was like, huh, looks like the McMahons have botched this one. I was like, no, 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 that's the point. This is exactly what they wanted. They want the fans to be angry that Charlotte has stolen Becky's spot. So we're not angry at Ronda, we're angry at Charlotte. And that, I think that, that kind of works. Yes, 
I, I totally agree that the idea... So if we just take this, the, the, yes, the, that... the final angle of, of Raw, which was Vince says, Charlotte, you're now in this match. Becky's no longer in this match. I think we all understand that Becky is going to find her way back into this match, exactly. whether it be a triple threat, like it's uh, it's long been reported, or maybe Becky versus Charlotte at a fast lane to go on. The winner goes on to take on Ronda. Maybe that's the way you do it, which which is like, that's, that's good Steph, booking. With Trips and Steph in her corner. <laughs> yes, and Vince and Charlotte's. God. <laughs> so I like... WrestleMania 2000 all over again. I'm fully behind having Charlotte in this feud. Because, like you said, it is a very smart way to get uh, the, the crowd to cheer Ronda. However, everything building up to this idea, this angle, so that is Vince just coming out and saying, Charlotte's in the match now, this SmackDown person. She, there were so many ways to write Charlotte into this feud. Going back from Becky's like storyline, going back through to August last year, and they they did none of it. They just said, "Hey, here's Vince. I don't like you anymore, Vicky, uh, Becky." Just on a whim as well. There's the, when when have Vince and Becky had any any interactions? I mean, I don't. But like, this is this is just step one of your storyline, though, isn't it? Like, and this was like a big shock moment to end Raw, and it, it, it's part one of the story. Well, so now it's we not can, though. So now it's we can part follow... one of this story. Well, yeah, exactly. It's part one of this story. So you can then follow this up on SmackDown tonight, and Charlotte can explain, "Hey." Becky wasn't even supposed to be in the Royal Rumble. I'm the victim here. I was screwed out of winning mm -hmm. the Royal Rumble, which I should have won anyway. Okay, okay. Well, we if if we if we give WWE the benefit of the doubt, maybe which, I'm, maybe I'm prejudging this. Yeah, which which is not proven to be the best course of action. <laughs> we we say that they're going to explain Charlotte and Vince's relationship and why that's happened on SmackDown or next week or the week after that, and it will come to light. The, there's still two major concerns about this, and this is what you've already said, that the McMahons are now a heel authority act, or at least Vince's, which is really uninspired. So uninspired. And especially, we talk about Elias suddenly being a babyface or a heel one night, or Rusev suddenly being a heel again. What about Vince? Like, Vince, last time he was on TV, he was Santa Claus, wasn't he? Wasn't in the he... Christmas episode. And being punched by AJ Styles, was that a thing? Yeah, yeah, like, they were... This is this is a this is a massive heel turn for Vince that's come out of nowhere. It's really unsubstantiated. But my my biggest bugbear is that if your plan was to always take Becky out of the main event for storyline purposes, why have her apologize? Why have yes. her say I'm yeah, yeah. sorry, which really undermines her as an anti-authority figure when the story's built there? How much better would this all be? I don't think we'd, we'd be say, having this conversation at all if Becky says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've got to kick your ass now. And she beats them both up. She, you know, destroys Stephanie. Vince comes out. I've had enough. You're suspended even longer. You're going to miss WrestleMania completely. Here's, like, Charlotte's going to take your place. And then you're like, well, Charlotte was there. Why is she on standby like that? This seems to be part of a larger plan. And, and and Becky loses nothing, but I think it's 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 not of the levels of suffering succotash. That moment when Roman Reigns really started to turn from someone we were all into into just this like the, the character started to be chipped away of credibility. But having Becky say I'm sorry after really wrestling with the decision, I, just it yeah. really didn't sit well with me. I mean, I'll, as I said, aside from 
this I, I think there is some level of genius of the way of having Charlotte being put into this yeah, position. Yeah, yeah. I think there is some level of genius there. Moving that aside, as I said, it's good in isolation. The bigger picture of this, though, with the McMahons inserting themselves, that I'm not with. But really, the biggest thing for this, I did not like the way that Becky was presented throughout this entire show. As I said, like the way that Becky came across to me, she was a petulant teenager, and mum and dad were just saying, all you have to do is say you're sorry, and you can have your toys back. You can have your Xbox back if you just say I'm sorry. I'll turn the internet back on. And she'd be like, well, I don't want to say I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm just going to storm off to my room and slam the door, and I'm going to listen to Paramore or whatever what teenagers do. And like it's that's how Becky came across this entire thing. Someone, I can't remember who it was, said to her, just say you don't have to mean it just say you're sorry and you get the match but becky was still going like, mm, no i'm not gonna do it because i don't mean it like, that's because she's got a coach she's got like a moral coach. but it made her seem like it made her seem like this is the becky lynch that vince mcmahon thinks that she is <gasps> it's this, millennial this becky. millennial becky of this petulant teenager that just thinks that everything should be handed to her and she just demands everything and she gets what she wants because she's a millennial she won the royal rumble i well yes but how did she get it she cheated her way into the Royal Rumble because she just has every opportunity handed to her on a silver platter this that and the other that's how Becky came across throughout this episode of Raw and it, it, I don't like that aspect of it made worse by the fact at the end of it she did just say I'm sorry so that really did as you say undermines this anti-authority figure thing it's funny as well because when she says you just want to hear two words the crowd started chanting suck it yes. and I was like that's a brilliant response. That is a genius response to for this like to Triple H of all people. That is a genius, genius response. But she goes, I'm sorry. And the crowd boo her. Mm. So congrats, WWE. You managed to get a 2019, 2019 audience to boo Becky Lynch. My, yeah, all, all as a way to get Ronda Rousey cheered. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's the Roman, Roman vortex. Yeah, the yeah, Roman, yeah. Everyone gets sucked into the Roman vortex. So in terms of what next for Becky Lynch, I fully expect her to be reinstated in the match. But Possibly even tonight on SmackDown. Yeah, but like what what does the, the, the potential damages to her character should be addressed quickly. Like she needs to get some receipts on the McMahons ASAP. My my big, big concern in terms of what's next for this program is WrestleMania 2000 a McMahon in every corner? Triple an important H. McMahon in every corner. Yeah. Well, you know, there's. I just don't rule out Nia Jax. <laughs> yeah, but that would. I was. I mean, an important McMahon. Shane is not an important McMahon. He's a tag team champion. He's an active wrestler. He's not an authority figure. Oh, they're not going to bring Linda, Linda back. Comes back. Bless with Nia Jax, her hench person. In Vince's words, bless her. She's not a performer. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, we've got to do some $25 plus Patreon shout-outs for our pledgehammers. Thank you, Charlie Drink It In Z-Man. Yeah, Woo! Drink It yeah. In Z-Man. What you talking about, Jerry Willis? Oh, yes. yes. King George Phillips. Oh, what a king. Regal. Come on. Joking, Joshua Selig. Cool. Tell Noah, me a joke. The Ark Trombley. Oh, two by two. Woo. There can only be one. Ah, oh, legend. Yeah. Yes. Well, Robert Spencer, period. Yes. Did I do it right? Well, no, I'd go, it's more Spencer, period. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a bad reference. It's a, hey, hey now, it's a Monty Brown reference. He's making a comeback. Michael, Sands of Time. Woo! Oh, yes. Yeah. And finally, no, there's one more. Bull, there's two bull more, Lift Bull Lift Club leader, Johnny Motta. Thank you, Johnny Woo! Motta. Yeah. And very lastly, now it's the last one, John Secret Santos. Woo! Oh, yes. After the opening segment with Becky Lynch, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, which was, it was still good by that point. I liked that opening segment. Uh, we got... Bailey and Sasha Banks come out for their match next. So you had Sasha Banks and Bailey walking down to the ring. Becky's still in there from the opening segment. And they do nothing. They give a four. Did they do a four? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Pay attention, mate. Come well, on, there no. you go. I just thought it would have been nice. What, did they really? Yeah. But, but Charlotte's also one of the four. I know. Well, she's the one who seems to be, well, yeah. It's really knackering out these plans to do the, the big eight-woman yeah, yeah. tag. <laughs> Charlotte is... I mean, she is a baby face, though, right? Oh, she's a total baby yeah, face. Yeah. Um, so Bailey and Sasha Banks came out here for a three-way tag against all the other Raw teams in Elimination Chamber to crown the new... The, the inaugural women's tag team champions. So the other two were Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan and Nia Jackson Tamina. Could this Elimination Chamber match to crown the first ever, quote, first ever women's champions have less heat? Uh, yeah. Or, or interest? It could be the Raw Tag Team Championships. <laughs> well, at least they got into it by the end. You're absolutely mm. right, though. But yeah, this, um, this really feels like it's have lackluster heat going in. And actually, that's the other thing we should really talk about with Raw. This was a go-home show for Elimination Chamber. But, because Elimination Chamber is this Sunday. But you wouldn't think of it this show. Do you know they announced two matches for Elimination Chamber on this show? 
And can you name both of them? Well, it was it's because it's my job. Yeah, I can. It was it was Ronda Rousey and Ruby Riot. No, no, they announced, and they announced another one. Oh yeah, and Finn Balor. No, versus... they announced another one. There is another Raw match on this card. Oh, is there? There is. Oh, I, I oh, look um... like an idiot now for saying, "Well, it's my job." Of course, I know. <laughs> Wait What's till you hit Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. <laughs> Of course it is. <laughs> course I could have thrown is. a dart and it would have been. <laughs> really. Honestly, that is a match that is happening on pay-per-view this Sunday. Wow. Well. Oh, I can't wait for that. It's been such a corking feud. But that's two. What, But again, that's what I mean. Like, this was a go-home show for a pay-per-view this Sunday. But it didn't feel like... It, it's, again, the problem that they've always had with Elimination Chamber and Fastlane. They're just in the way of WWE wanting to promote WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, yeah. They just want to promote, promote WrestleMania, but they go, oh, but there's these other shows that are in the middle of it that suppose we've got to do something on them. You put the shows there. This is your fault. I think Elimination Chamber should be in a different month, and it should be its own big five thing. Yeah. Like, it could be just as good as Money in the Bank, but because it's always been in that February slot, it's well, at least recently, it it just gets lost in the Royal Rumble WrestleMania shuffle. It's a real shame because it's such a good gimmick. And then this fast lane before oh, yeah. that as well, like the, the Raw Women's Championship Sunday Night match. Raw. <laughs> the Raw Women's Championship match this Sunday is Ruby Riot versus Ronda Rousey, and they did not interact at all on this show. Michael Cole keeps saying, like, during her match, oh, well, I mean, Ruby Riot could win the Raw Women's Championship, but Ronda Rousey's backstage talking to Becky Lynch, going like, well, our match at WrestleMania is really important, so you've got to say you're sorry. And then you, a come good back point. To, you go back to Michael Cole going like, well, I mean, Ruby could win. It's like, well, clearly she's bloody not, because yeah. you keep sitting there telling me that the main event at WrestleMania is Becky versus Ronda. So why bother booking Ronda in the match? So as a testament to how into this inaugural Women's Championship tag team championship match we are we're just not talking about it and they they ran a lot of smackdown promos throughout the night there was one from fire and desire is that what they call themselves yep, and the iconics and the iconics also tamina and naya have a tag team name now is that their tag team name or is that what they're calling the chamber no no i think because R- uh, renee called them it as well the so, so you're, samoan, are you talk- the samoan slaughterhouse i thought they were going to turn the elimination chamber into the Samoan slaughterhouse, which sounds like they're going to s- slaughter Samoan people. <laughs> well, it could be. Is that what they're intending to do? Well, that is, there is every chance that is the case. However, Renee also called them the Samoan slaughterhouse. So there is a chance that that is their tank. Renee doesn't know what she's doing. No, you're absolutely right. I am, I am putting some, yeah, I'm putting a bit of onus on Renee there, which I really shouldn't do. Uh, so, yeah, this the, the most interesting thing here, Jack's won in the end. Uh, after Bailey had to really fight for herself because Banks was written out about midway through the match by Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan teaming up on her outside. She got a little bit physical Could have been earlier on in the match, but I, I, I don't know if she's still fully medically cleared. It still seems like they're protecting her a bit. Well, the reports are that she isn't medically mm. cleared as of yet. Uh, to, to be in the match on Sunday. And they're the first team that are in. That's the other weird thing about this match. So the, the gimmick of this match was it was a triple threat tag team match with only two people in the ring at any one time. The idea being that the losing team will be the first people in. So here's my question. Why would you ever tag in? Yeah. If you're on the outside, never tag in. Because it, if you win, you don't gain anything. You only stand to lose something. So don't bother tagging in. They could just be working us. 
like banks could be cleared and this could be a nice way to build into the give the baby faces the ultimate disadvantage because mm-hmm. I really I think banks and Bailey should win I think this, yeah uh, I mean, we'll, we'll do our predictions Sunday. later in the week but I'm pretty sure it's uh, slaughterhouse rules mm. uh, um, this Sunday after this we got uh, Becky Lynch walking past Elias which started off Elias not getting his his gig time which was kind... I saw what they were trying to do. I just don't feel like it came off properly. No. So Elias is in the ring, and he strums his guitar as always. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Elias. And then it, it, it cuts backstage to this Finn Balor-Becky pep talk that we've already talked about. And then it cuts back to Elias, and he's about to play again. Now we're into a Seth Rollins video package of how good he was last year. And then he's about to do one more time, and that's when the Lucha House Party come out to inter- interrupt him. And he's like, oh, will I ever get this done? Yeah. And it never really felt like stuff was interrupting him. It just felt like WWE were making mistakes. It felt like a botch. Yeah. <laughs> like a botch many times over. Uh, on the Becky and Finn one, I do want to give a shout out to Becky. As Finn walked away, she just off the cuff went, your abs are still awesome, by the way. They are. They, <laughs> they are. are. But, um, I mean, he did make Brock Lesnar believe. Mm. So Elias and Lucha House Party have some awkward comedy. Oh, big, big vert commas oh, yeah. there for podcast listeners. Comedy. And Kalisto actually shredded the guitar a bit. He, he did some, I don't he, know, some He could some do plucking. one thing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and Elias was like, hey, that's pretty good. Smashed the guitar on his back. And so I liked how he sprinted out of there. Yeah, well, he's that at a two-man disadvantage. Mm. Of course you get a run. Uh, yeah, Elias hit him with the guitar. He sang a song burying uh, Grand Rapids, calling them all smelly and their parents are dumb and things like that. Good, fun little song yeah. from Elias. And uh, yeah, then he hit Kalisto with the guitar. So I guess they're feuding now. Really drags Elias down, doesn't it? Crikey. Well, I don't know what... Elias feuds don't happen. They just, they, they're just skits isolated between weeks where people just interrupt Elias, and that's the thing. Remember, but they never get paid off. Remember when Elias... Wasn't he feuding with Jeff Jarrett last week? He was last week, yeah. But that might be over now because I guess he won. Great use of Jeff. Yep. I mean, it got Elias over. Jeff and Road Dog stood tall and walked away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you remember when, sort of back in October, when Elias turned babyface because they thought, we need some main event babyfaces? Oh, yeah. And then just three months later, he is a heel again, feuding with Kalisto of the Lucha House Party. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after this, we got Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre. This is where I first became aware that Balor was taking on Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush in a handicap match. Well, it's like they listened to our Wrestle Ramble last week where we said, Raw has not announced any matches for this pay-per-view. Yeah. And they went, God, you're right, we haven't. Better announce some next week, I guess. Oh, I can't wait for, for the Elimination Chamber now. <laughs> now that the matches have been announced with not much build at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I guess the Chamber is sold on the Chamber. But Royal Rumble had a bunch of great matches promoted around the Rumble match itself Mm -hmm. and was a better show for it, I think. It's not just about the quality of the show itself. It's about how the show is built going into it and the substance behind the matches you see. Which we'll get into in just a sec, but could anyone give a solitary F about Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman having another match this Sunday. They had a match in December where if Braun won, he'd got a Universal Championship match. Whatever happened to that storyline? Stakes. <laughs> Those are stakes. stakes. And now they're having another match this Sunday and there are no stakes. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, you know, they've, they've got this fascinating, is it mid-card? Is it technically main event? What is this? Why, why are there so many people sucked into this crap Baron Corbin feud vortex? Because what happened here, <laughs> yeah. we had Finn Balor taking on Drew McIntyre. Lovely. Lovely stuff. Whatever happens, at least I can watch Balor versus Drew for a bit. We get, we get it for about two minutes. Bobby Lashley interferes. Everyone runs down. And this turns into Strowman, Finn Balor, and Kurt Angle taking on Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. What's funny, And it went forever. It did go forever. What is funny, though, is that just last week you said, they are one Bobby Lashley away from a six-man tag. And <laughs> when... Bobby and Drew started to beat down Finn. I started laughing. So I was like, this is literally what Ollie predicted last week. Ollie got his wish. WWE watched this show and book accordingly, oh, yeah. I guess. To frustrate us. It's just one. <laughs> WWE is the most expensive trolling of two people <laughs> ever devised. It's, it, so we get this six-man tag. Oof, and yeah. what one of the problems is... Although these guys haven't been nearly effectively booked, you've got Braun Strowman there, you've got Kurt Angle, you've got Finn Balor, you've got Drew McIntyre, who was a very big deal a few months ago. And it feels like they're just all sucked into this nothing feud where they're all kind of feuding with each other. I can't tell you who's got the main beef with who. And they're not factions either. So you've got no real feud, like singles feuds, and you've got no real faction feuds so it's just repetitive matches with the same bodies so i would have said that braun has beef with corbin but actually it's angle that has beef with corbin but angle also has beef, beef with, with drew, drew. Uh, and, course, and bobby bala and bobby yeah and that sounds like oh what a lovely multi-layered scene you've created there not not at all not at all. Absolutely not at all. Um, you remember on the SmackDown review last week where when we were talking about the main event between, was it Brian and Hardy? Mm. And we said, and we both had the exact same thing where we were like, I've not made any notes on this match. Yeah, I, yeah. I better make a note now. I had that in this six-man tag here where I've just written, Claimer on the outside. Because I, just, I was watching, I was like, I better make some sort of notes because I've made no notes on this match so far. It's because you see these these six people or any combination thereof, and I feel like my brain just switches off. Like, yeah. oh, don't care about this segment because it really doesn't matter. It's going it's nowhere. It's not for anything. I know the Intercontinental title's in there somewhere. I can't see it. Uh, but this is... I. It went on for way too long, I thought. But I did appreciate the structure of this match. To, to get around what the usual Braun Strowman hot tag template is. Because usually people get worked over, Braun eventually gets tagged in, Braun runs wild and wins. And that's what happened eventually. But they they had me guessing when Braun was taken out of the ri at ringside and he got that great Claymore from Drew on the outside. Made a note about that. Yeah, the, the, the only thing of note <laughs> that Luke's done. And Finn Balor... I can't remember who pinned him, but Finn Balor got his foot on the ropes, but the referee counted Lashley. three. Yeah, but the referee counted three. And Lashley's celebrating, heels go over. And I thought, huh, that's a weird way to do this. And then a second referee comes out and says, actually, he got his foot on the ropes. They restarted the match, and that's when Braun got the hot tag. So I, I, liked, I liked that side of things, but it did go way too long. And having all of these guys in this overly long quite sapping of energy segment 
really harm the rest of Raw. Yeah, and I don't like the... I appreciate where you're coming from, and I do agree to a, to a certain extent, but I, I really don't like this the referee come a second referee yeah, comes yeah, down yeah. to tell because we've had a couple of moments in the last month or so where a referee has made a bad call and they've gone hey well the referee's decision is final we, the revival's whole deal was they kept getting screwed over by referees right mm. making bad calls so you can't just do this every now and again if you're doing this you have to make it consistent uh, this happened last year on smackdown where it happened with the american beta uh, with, with chad gable and Shelton benjamin and they did the whole deal. They won the tag titles. They had the tag titles won. Re second referee came down or whatever. And then they were like, the following week, they had another screw referee call, but a second ref didn't come out. Well, what are the rules then? Can a second referee come down? Can they not? It's the Braun Strowman thing from last week where he got DQ'd for being in the match oh, for too yeah, long. Oh, yeah, jeez. And then that happened in this match, uh, in tag matches here. And you're like, what, are there rules to, to what's going on here? Or, as we know... Are you just making this up as you go along? Yeah. Yeah, it is problematic. I, I, I agree with everything you said. I just... I, I just you don't care? Liked, no, no, I do care. I do care very much. I just like the... It was different. It was <laughs> It was wrong, but it was different. Yeah, it was. It's a new era. Uh, after this, we got a quite peculiar and very refreshing... Kevin Owens promo. Kevin Owens promo. Oh, this was nice. He was like, oh, it's so funny. Michael Cole says, we're going to get the return of a former Universal Champion. I went, Goldberg? And I, Brock? I was racking my brain. Who else could it be? Yeah. And then when it came, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Kevin Owens. I do forget that he was Universal Champion. He was Universal Champion for a while. A long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't remember a lot of it. But Owens, it, here it's like shot on his mobile phone. And he says, well, I'm here just to give an update. To you all, uh, I'm I'm doing well. I, I'm about one month away from returning. I don't know if I'm going back to Raw or SmackDown, which I was thinking, why? <laughs> you're, surely you're contracted to Raw because where the, you were drafted. Because as we, the brand split does not matter anymore. Yeah, the brand split is like they are slowly phasing it out. Becky and Charlotte. Well, they're gonna have to have a brand split when Fox happens. Maybe they're just using everyone, all the shows to get viewership up. Maybe. And then they'll have to split them when Raw and SmackDown goes to opposing networks. Maybe. I don't know. But Owens is in the bowling alley and he's saying this stuff. And he says, now I'm going to show you how it's done. And he goes up to the... And I thought, are they going to do like a Mr. Perfect style segment where he just gets perfect scores and everything? And he's going to do a... A strike. A strike. <laughs> I was going to say a knockout. My brain was thinking, what are all the things... <laughs> What are all the different ways to do a perfect score? You were crawling back to your Wii Sports era of just like, mm. what, what was that thing called? Uh, but he immediately gutterballs. Yeah. And it looked like he gutterballed it on purpose as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was a, I mean, I'm no pro bowler, but that was a terrible throw. Mm. Yeah. And I, he, he turned to the camera afterwards and he joked about it and a few people around him laughed. It was a very naturalistic, very human, I would dare say charming portrayal of kevin owens in no way a heel portrayal so i've got to think that he's coming back as a baby face well he had a baby face turn before he got injured right he that was i mean that is over 10 minutes so it was it was bobby he was a heel forever and then he had a match with bobby lashley they did the double turn and then kevin owens was gone mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's a full babyface term, but given what WWE's 
long-term booking is, it could have been anything. Yeah. He could he could he could have turned several times in this promo and I wouldn't know. Well, speaking of which, I mean Nikki Cross has turned babyface again. This was a shame. So we got Ruby Riot versus Nikki Cross next, presumably to build Ruby Riot up for her match against Ronda. The crowd did not care. Oh man, crickets for this match. Yeah, and it like WWE didn't care either because they cut backstage, not as a shrink screen thing, but a full on here's an interaction between Becky and Ronda backstage while the match was going on. So you, you missed about a minute and a half of the match. Not that the match was anything worth watching. But, but she's, the, she's fighting for the championship this Sunday. I know, I know. Treated like a complete afterthought. They're, they're essentially said this match, <laughs> don't worry about this match. The important thing is Becky and Ronda. Yeah, it's, it's more like you're going to get to see Ronda wrestle. But we see her wrestle quite a lot now. So that that th- this could have been a thing about... You know, two months after WrestleMania last year, where the thrill is, hey, Ronda's going to wrestle a match. But now it's, huh, I don't know if you can get away with selling a pay-per-view on that anymore. Yeah, there's literally no point to this match whatsoever. And more depressingly, Nikki Cross was oh, just, yeah. she she just lost. Which is, you know, Ruby Wright's the one having a match this weekend, but yes. can't Ruby beat someone else? Beat Lacey Evans. <laughs> Where's Lacey Evans? She, I guess they're both heels. She's also recovering from her incredible Royal Rumble performance. Mm. Mickey James could turn babyface for the night. I and, mean, and lose. It, uh, well, maybe she turned babyface last week when she hugged Kurt Angle. <laughs> I forgot about that. No, you're forgetting that they got a long history because they grew up in the industry together or something along those lines. Uh. Um, but yeah, this was Cole was bless his heart. Cole was trying his best to make it seem like Ruby Wright was a genuine contender to Ronda Rousey. Bless his heart, he was trying his best. Mm. But WWE were working against him and making her seem like a complete joke. Poor old Nikki Cross. Although, as some people have pointed, me out, uh, pointed out to me on Twitter, I think she has had more TV time than Sanity have since their debut. That is very depressing. Mm. Yeah, wow. We got Seth Rollins coming out next to uh, to sort of limp out because he says that he took those six F5s, which has injured his knee, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what he was selling. The, well, uh, the reports are he's got a bad back. Mm. But he said, I'm still standing, though, and I can still stomp, which means I can become the universal champion. It's quite a similar rubbishy, humble shtick as Bala has. Hey, Brock Lesnar, you may have dominated me 100% and I didn't get a look in, but I'm still standing. Oh, I bet you're scared. <laughs> I, I just don't get this. Why, why are you doing it with two different acts as well, with Balaram Rollins? Yeah, but he's cutting this promo. And then Paul Heyman comes out. And Paul Heyman, I said, I've got a Elimination Chamber-sized surprise for you, Rollins. Here comes Brock Lesnar. Oh. Nope, of course Brock Lesnar's not here. It works every time. And then Rollins does the, yeah, I mean, of course Brock Lesnar isn't here. He doesn't care. I'm here to fight for the business that that I love and I'm passionate about. And at WrestleMania, I'm going to win the Universal Championship. And I thought Rollins was really, really good here. And I thought it was shot really well as well. Yeah, I guess so. I guess Rollins was good and Paul was good. But this is just another year where... The Universal Champion isn't around to build the program and someone's just feuding with Paul Heyman. And that we've got two months of this, yeah. at least. When Rollins said that Brock Lesnar has held this company 
Like he said, this industry hostage for two years. I thought, God, it has been two years, hasn't it? It's gone on for too yeah. long, this. I, I just, uh, I th- this was a fine segment, but it just kind of, I'm bored of it. Yeah. I'm bored of this style of thing. Hey, speaking of babyface turns, though. Hey, hey, Dean Ambrose interrupts Seth Rollins as Paul Heyman leaves. And you're like, oh, what's going to go on here? These They were blood feuding just a month ago, but like just a few weeks ago. And he comes down. They have a tense stare down. Dean Ambrose is like, you know, motions for the mic. And he just picks up the mic and says, slay, slay the, the beast. beast. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really nice. I mean, really, this I'm to surprised. me. Well, I, Dean's gone. Dean's gone. For me, this was kind of a kayfabe, uh, a cave in character kayfabe goodbye to his shield brother. And I, mm. I thought it, I thought it, it was really quite sweet. Um, unfortunately for EC3, that means you just have had Dean do a babyface thing, and you're going to have EC3 had a match with him right after, and the crowd didn't know who to cheer for. They can't cheer for this baby fit that like the new guy because they they've been given no reason to and now Dean seems like someone worth cheering again. So the crowd just reacted with let's be quiet. Yeah, cuz the crowd were absolutely dead for this match with mm. EC3. Poor old EC3. Like I I mean I've written here Guess those plans of having him stare at himself in the mirror really helped him get over. Like, that was the report, right? Is that Vince wanted to introduce all these people in these backstage segments so that when they wrestled, they would already be over. Well, it worked like a charm because no one cared about EC3 coming no. out here. I mean, and, and, and Dean beat him pretty quickly as well, just yeah. with a roll-up. So you've got this 50-50 booking going on. And a lot of people said, hey... The NXT stars are on their way to WWE. Don't judge them until they've they've debuted and had a fair go at it. And our argument was, look at 2018 and all the disappointment and all the botched call-ups from NXT. Really promising talent that have just been squandered. And they're not going to recover from that in WWE. They'll never be able to debut again. There's only one first chance with that sort of storyline. And here, Lacey Evans, EC3, Nikki Cross, I guess Heavy Machinery, the only ones operating okay. And when Lars got a, Sullivan's and when, nowhere to be seen. I was going to say, in Heavy Machinery, when you've got a big guy doing the worm, you're bound to get over. Mm. Like, that's just, that is something that is going to get over. But I, it's, I think it's quite, quite a closed case now that this was a bad group of call-ups for WWE. Is EC3 a heel? I don't know. I, 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 I have no idea. The reason I ask is because his whole gimmick is he's in the top 1%. And the top 1% are not the good guys. So that would make me think that he is a heel. And then um, Corey uh, Cole says that EC3 says that he is here to give a dose of toxic masculinity to the W. And, like, that's not a good thing either. Well, I think because oh, Cole said it, not Corey. Yeah, yeah that, that line caught me off guard as well. Because then Corey took a shot at Jonah Hill. Apparently Jonah Hill's on a tirade about toxic masculinity, and that's a bad thing, I guess. I don't know. So I don't know if EC3 is a heel or he's a babyface because WWE think that toxic masculinity is ace and people who are in the top 1% are the best people. Whatever it is. <laughs> EC3 should at least be allowed to cut a promo. <laughs> no, he's a mute. That's his gimmick. The, the best thing 
by a long, long way is his promo ability. And in an age where promo, like we don't have many great promos uh, in, in, in WWE in terms of people who can deliver them. And then you've got EC3, whose whole shtick is that he's really good and funny at promos and he's got a great look. The wrestling, eh, but the promos, fantastic. And you don't have him say a single word. Because he's a mute. That's his gimmick. Uh. Anyway, he lost. So that'll get EC3 over, I guess. Yeah. 50-50 booking. Then we got the Becky Alexa interaction backstage, which I liked. Of all the people, like Finn Balor makes sense. Ronda makes sense. I wouldn't have picked Alexa, but it makes total sense. They yeah. had that SmackDown feud. That was the last time Becky was champion. So I thought that was a nice ghost from Becky's past. Yeah, That like was that back well. when I was into the storyline. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and also it was nice not to have a moment of bliss. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Instead, we got the revival taking on Bobby Roode and Chad Gable in the tag team title shot they, they earned last week. Yes, and shout out to these four men because they took a crowd that were dead. Oh, they yeah. were silent. Absolutely. Like, they were beyond silent. They were probably quieter for this than they were Ruby Riot versus Nikki Cross or Dean Ambrose versus EC3. Mm. They were deader than dead. And I think to myself as this match started, I was like, these poor lads. Because you keep hearing these reports and people from WWE keep tweeting about how great this match is. Like, Bailey and Sasha Banks and Finn Balor from all of the Raw House shows have been saying... Rude and Gable versus The Revival tore the house down. They're so good. All four of them are amazing in the ring. And we know that. We know that they're amazing in the ring. We know all four of these guys are great. They've just never been given a chance. And they came out to crickets, and I just thought, these four lads are never going to get that chance. They, they're they never going to be able to do this house show match that we keep hearing so much about. And credit to them. They're my MVPs of this whole show mm. because they turned this dead crowd into a hot crowd that were chanting this is awesome by the end of it. I think they they took as hot as they could possibly be anyway. Yeah, I was going to say it was a warm. They got the, they got them warm. Well, they got it so much hotter than it was oh, when yeah, it started. Yeah. It was reanimation yeah. of this dead crowd. It was so cold. Sub-Zero was walking around going like, it's pretty chilly in mm. here, isn't it? They managed to turn this around and get a this is awesome chant. And I thought they did incredible work. In another in front of another crowd or maybe if this was positioned earlier in the night or in NXT. for a hotter crowd or in NXT. This would, have, this would have been one of the better TV matches of the year. Yeah. Because this, in the ring, was an excellent oh, match. so good. And it was an excellent... Great. It went through a commercial break. They had a lot of time. Went through two commercial breaks. Chad Gable was really showcased as the star. He was doing all these great power moves. There were two excellent near-fall spots near the end. Really, really good. And that's when the crowd suddenly got into it and started chanting, this is awesome. Uh, I just, but no one is invested in the tag titles. So even though the revival won in the end, we've got new Raw tag team champions, and it's the revival. It's the first main roster belts they've held. Yep. And I feel like that is a footnote yeah. for this entire episode. It's a real, real shame. But like you said, credit to them. This was such a good match, and it's because they just kept going for it, and eventually. People, people who go to wrestling shows like good wrestling. And even if they don't consciously know that, these, these four guys in particular are so good at what they do. If they're given time, they can get people into them and they can get themselves over. And that's what happened here. But I, I'm hoping that this is WWE finally going, okay, the tag team belts and division mean something now. 
and we don't want to lose any talent. So we're going to give them a proper emphasis and focus. But I just feel like they're going to get also lost in the WrestleMania shuffle and nothing's going to happen. Well, I was going to say, or it's a case of they just think that they're belt marks. It's the, it's the Benoit WCW mm. thing. Hey, don't leave, Chris. We're going to give you this belt. And Benoit was like, I mean, I, that doesn't mean anything to me. It's not a real belt. I'm going anyway. Well, overall, I gave this show a pretty low pour. So low two Ooh, out of five. Low pour. Yeah, I just think, so it was, it was a boring show. Um, the crowd were dead for the good bits, really. The Any stuff I did enjoy, so the initial Becky stuff, I felt was really undermined later on and in a very frustrating way with making the McMahon so involved in it and making Becky apologise. So everything good that I liked was either completely undermined or came with a big caveat. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have given it much more. I think mm. I would have given it a poor rating. Really, this show was saved for me by the last half hour 40 minutes yeah i thought the final two segments there the the revival tag match and the reveal of charlotte at the end really did turn this episode around for me i i didn't like a lot of the becky stuff because i thought it made her look like a petulant teenager and that's not the sort of becky character that i think we were into just a few months ago um but aside from that that charlotte reveal and the revival tag match I don't think there was a whole lot really to report. And then I'm looking at the card for Sunday and I see Braun Strowman versus Baron Bloody Corbin. And I was like, this is why no one likes Raw. This That match right there is an, it, the exact personification of why no one likes Raw. It is, it is lacking star power. And this is what we keep getting presented week after week after week. These two have been feuding forever. And they're just going to keep feuding. And it's boring, and it's going nowhere. Uh, this uh, comes in from Will Hate from New Jersey, uh, or with WWE's Rise new above. trend, or with He's WWE's new trend of no names, just Will from the New York area. <laughs> uh, hi, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, and certainly not Randy. Last time, this is a Rusev Hay, as he says, of sorts. Ooh, tenuous. Last I'm already night, in. Last night, I had a dream version of a Rusev hey, but I thought the content of the dream was still worth sharing. I just... Well, okay. Dreams are never usually worth sharing. Do you want me to skip this email? No, then? no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just laying it out there. I very rarely find other people's dreams interesting. But let's see. Let's see. Okay. I'm, I'm willing to be proved wrong. Uh, I had just landed at Philadelphia International Airport and was looking for a bus to take me back to where my car was parked. When the bus arrived, imagine my surprise when the door opened and Luke... Owen and Ollie Davis were the only two people on the bus. We chatted about wrestling and beers on the bus ride to my car, and when I got off the bus, I said how great it was to meet them. Luke said thanks for being a pledgehammer, but Ollie, on the other hand, doing a spot on brackets as usual, brackets impersonation of my voice, uh, said, and I quote, yeah, thanks for being a pledgehammer, you effing a-hole, and then laughed maniacally as the bus pulled away. <laughs> I woke up at that point, realizing that there is so much consistent WrestleTalk content, it's now infiltrating my subconscious. Hope you enjoyed this Rusev Hay as much as I did. I, do, I got a good laugh out of it when I woke up. All the best in 2019. And maybe Ollie could try and be a little nicer to me should we ever meet again. Love you guys from Will Hate from New Jersey. Or Color Will from New York. me corrected. That's not the same. I stand corrected. Yep. And color like a man me. in orthopedic shoes. Yeah. And what's the other one? Color me... Color me wrong. Yeah, color me wrong. <laughs> Stand me corrected. <laughs> I uh, that was interesting, but I think it's because it involved us. Yeah. 
Do you, what do you feel about people who say, hey, I had this crazy dream last night? Because I immediately think, God's sake, oh, what happened? Yeah, I think sometimes people can just sort of, I, I don't know, they want to sound interesting, so they make up a dream. Oh, you think you, you think it's a, a fake dream? I may, I'm not saying this one was. I'm <coughs> saying that I've encountered some people who talk to me about dreams where what? I've gone like, Baller Dash, I don't buy that for who? a second. I'm not going to name names on this podcast. What did they make up? I'm, and I'm not going to go well, into that detail as well because it might be. Just for the purpose of conversation. I think so, yeah. I, th I think to make themselves sound interesting. Oh, wow. That's um, crazy. Uh, I, yeah, and I, I don't particularly buy it. Uh, I haven't told you, though, about my uh, sleeping habits on Monday nights. Your sleeping habits are interesting because there is an element of danger there. <laughs> so my alarm went off. Uh, Luke on, sleepwalks. Yeah, I do sleepwalk. So my alarm went off on Monday morning, and I got up, turned my phone off, and I was like, right, time to start the day. I've got to get the news story sorted out for my news and for Laurie's news. So better get a crack on with this, because I've still got to do the podcast ads. I've got to do my Patreon stuff. So I went into my office, set up, made myself a cup of tea, put the laptop on, did my emails, sent you an email about podcast stats, and I updated Patreon, and I uh, answered a few tweets. And it was only when I sent you that email that I looked at the clock on my laptop and it was 20 to three in the morning. Wow. And I was, if you check your email, I sent you an email at 20 to three AM on Monday morning because I, I thought you were keen because I'd convinced myself that it was time to get up. I don't read your emails. I, I've got a yeah. filter. So they just go to the trash. Particularly let if it me, just says podcast stats. Yeah, let me see. And so then I thought, what am I doing? So would I you look at that <laughs> 2 46 AM? Yeah. <laughs> Morning, mate. <laughs> a return to normal in terms of podcast stats. Business, business, business. Numbers. Stats and that can be found here. Hyperlinked the word here. Cheers, exclamation mark. Yeah. Well, that's a good effort. <laughs> you were fully awake. Fully awake. I was raring to go. And then I thought to myself, well, I probably should go back to bed because it's nearly 3 a.m. in the morning. And I, I was literally just about to start getting news stories for, for Laurie. And I went back to bed, and it took me ages to fall back asleep. And in the end, I slept through my alarm and woke up late. Well, you, you'd already gotten ahead on the day. <laughs> Apparently so. Um, well, uh, uh, so I've got another Rusev hey here. This one comes in from Austin. Hey, Luke, Ollie, Fakedor, and not the other one. Can you do it in a stone-cold voice? I have a Rusev hey by <laughs> Rick Flair and Booker T. They were appearing at my local Comic-Con. I got there super early to beat the lines. Flair wasn't there yet, so I want to meet Booker. We talked about Japan and Kenny Omega. <laughs> and of course, my favorite segment of all time, the grocery store fight with Stone Cold Steve Austin oh, what, what a for a solid segment. 15 minutes. I'm gonna, I'm oh, gonna, hell yeah. I'm going to stop you there. That was it, it. Was funny. I, I enjoyed it at the start, but then I thought, "Oh God, we're something to wrestle with." <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's stop. Yeah. Unless it's my very spot-on regional impressions of accents, <laughs> and they are spot-on. They're accurate. Oh yeah, just accurate. Uh, then all of a sudden, I hear a voice yell, "Hey, Mister Five Time, call me when you're sixteen-time world champ." Woo! <laughs> Only to turn around and Straight see. Straight in with the bats. Um, turn around to see Flair walking up to his booth. We finished up with Booker and went to meet Flair as well as Rey Mysterio. Rick Flair was uh, saw me walking over in my Bullet Club shirt and he said, 
Bullet Club, I can't do a Ric Flair, said, Bullet Club, what the hell is that? They were awesome to meet. Uh, there were many other wrestlers there, such as Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, Lita, Trish, and even Jim Cornette. The same uh, events for this year uh, is coming up with Kane, Christian, Sting, and a few others announced so far. Hopefully the experience is just as fun as last year. Picks or it didn't happen. And here are some picks of Austin in his Bullet Club t-shirt there with nice. Ric Flair, with his jewel uh, <coughs> uh, Hall of Fame ring. I'm guessing that's Austin's friend. There he is with Rey Mysterio. Ooh. Rey Mysterio giving the flying V by the looks of things. Um, and there's Booker T doing the five-time five time pose. Which you are very angry about because he's a six-time champion. Well, I just think, you know, just <laughs> be accurate, mate. Be proud of your accomplishments. Do you think Ric Flair doesn't know who the Bullet Club are? Um, no. Or was, was he joking? I think he's probably joking. I've, I've got a theory uh, that I stole from Reddit. Do you want to hear it? I would love to hear your theory that you stole from Reddit. It's 100% mine. Yep. That I read on Reddit. Certainly sounds it. They, uh, someone who was me, theorized <laughs> yeah. that it's... You're very good at this. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte has been added to the the, the WrestleMania match. Mm-hmm. WWE are promoting Ric Flair's 70th birthday in two weeks' time. Two weeks' time. How about Becky crashes the party on a Guinness truck? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Becky. It's a great Stone Cold Steve Becky. Oh, it was a it was a great theory that you came up with there, Ollie oh, Davis. Right you should yeah. be very, very proud of that. It's totally mine. Yeah, oh, yeah. If you see it posted under under a different name, you're like, why doesn't it say Ollie Davis? That's my name too. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's a and, pseudonym. Yeah, and Reddit's actually a redirect of WrestleTalk.com. <laughs> We, we write all of that stuff. All of it. All those great theories all come from us. Um, let's just see if we've got any jokes to leave us on a high. Um, we didn't even unpack your, your shaving head thing. I don't think there's much to unpack there, really. I'm literally talking about my hairline. but I'm just... I, I talked, uh, I told my lady partner this. Oh, really? And she was aghast. Yeah? Someone did it. Yeah. Aghast that I didn't shave my head. Or no, no, that someone was so forward with you. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Did you tell her like your thoughts on her as a hairdresser in general? Saying like, she does seem like the mouthiest of the lot. Yeah, I, I think... told her she came out of the toilet and went, <laughs> Like Ace Ventura. Do not go in there. <laughs> Uh, this joke comes in from Connor. Uh, a man joins the local mob and becomes the godfather's enforcer. One day he receives a text. It reads, I'm having problems with my wife. Pull the plug and get someone around here to sort it out. He is puzzled, but he learnt the hard way not to question his orders. He shoots the mobster's wife in the head and calls for a clean-up crew. Short while later, he gets another text from the godfather. Damn autocorrect. I meant Wi-Fi. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, he did Long say setup. he said it was a crap joke, and yeah, yeah. he he was not wrong. Well, anyway, uh, I suppose that's like the payoff to Triple H and Stephanie. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool now. Yeah, babyface Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Look, I admit <laughs> I was wrong about Charlotte. You're in in a, in a few weeks' time. You're going to be eating heel pie with McMahon, Stephanie. That's her name. Can McMahon, you not Steph, comma Stephanie's face on it? Can you not? foresee a world in which Stephanie and Triple H thought we need to strap ourselves to this really overstar because that will make us look like massive baby faces and that will get us over because at the moment we're not really that over as heels no no I, I can see that world but 
Uh, I don't think that's the case because Stephanie kicked her in the knee last week. That that's they're playing been that up. dropped. It was never. Bro- it was never talked about this week. I will be amazed if it's never mentioned again. In fact, I won't be amazed. I'll be unsurprised. What is the opposite of being amazed? Um, expected. Yeah, I, I expected. I, I this. fully expect it to happen. Uh, that's all we've got time for on this episode of the Wrestle Ramble. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with the SmackDown review. There's a gauntlet match, but there's rumors abound that Mustafa Ali is going to be pulled from the Elimination Chamber due to injury. And there's also rumors abound that Luke Harper is returning to TV tonight. So we'll see what happens there. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.